the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I know this is hard to believe, but I made a mistake. When I was talking about S&S tires, I have a bad habit of saying Peoria, Sunrise, and Goodyear. It's, it's 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 my understanding you've done that multiple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm willing to admit I made a mistake, and you have to rub it in. You, yeah. You don't want to cross that well, bridge. Well, it doesn't because, happen very often. Uh, because, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, not the mistakes. Oh, okay. The admission Oh, the of admission mistakes. of mistakes. Well, um, I'm going to clean up my mistake, and then we'll talk about some of yours. Okay. Okay. Um, Peoria, surprise. And Goodyear is where SNS Tire is. Peoria, surprise, and Goodyear. Speaking of mistakes, there was a Ford truck that we did some work on. And this Ford truck, we ended up pulling the engine out not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. And um, and so, folks, l- let me explain to you. Every time the engine comes in and out, it's like... What is it? $3,000? Probably. $3,000. And so this was a truck that I said to him, don't take this truck in because I could tell that this truck was going to eat our lunch, but yet we took it in anyway. Has the story gone straight so far? Yeah. (laughs) Sure it is. So... Did we learn from that? Oh, there's no question. Yeah. And 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 in, a lot. And and in multiple, reality, multiple, <laughs> lots of things. Yes. But in reality, the only reason I had that um, thought is because I walked in those shoes. Yeah. There's been many times I knew better. Um, I had a call not too long ago about somebody with an intermittent windshield wiper, and it didn't take long for me to determine I didn't want nothing to do with that car. Right. When they start the story out that they've been to 400 places and nobody can fix it and blah, 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 and I'm not paying you. Uh, As a matter of fact, that lady that came in not too long ago at the front counter. Right. the, The conversation sounded something like this. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's, I want you to fix my car and I'll pay you after I know you fixed it. And that I filed Better Business Bureau complaints on all the other shops and she's really aggravated about her car. But yes. this is the first time we've seen it. Yes. So our, your your sister Andy says, "Ma'am, your your parameters don't fit within ours. We don't have that kind of. Yeah, we'll fix your car, and at the end of six months, if we fixed it, you come and pay us. And if at the end of six months we didn't fix it, then you don't have to pay us. We don't have that in our in our menu. She wanted a lifetime lifetime guarantee, is what she wanted. Okay. Well, we don't have either one of those. No. 
So no. it's just kind of there are sometimes you just have to punt. Well, and 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 hopefully you learned. Um, you know when to punt. Oh yeah. Um, and and I'm sure. And you, you've been with the family business for 20 years. Yeah. 20, 22 yep. years. Tw- yeah, 20 years. Yeah. So so in a position of authority, the last what eight months, nine months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just depends, kidding you. Depends on what you <laughs> classify authority as. Well, you know, I tell everybody you work for your sister. I do work for my sister. But younger sister. I, younger I throw sister. that in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You, you work for your younger there's sister. There's plenty of times that she needs her big brother, too, though. Really? You okay. Have to, have to flex a little muscle, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh almighty. All right, let's go to the phones. Roger, good morning to you. Thanks for holding. How can we help you? Uh, two quick questions. first one is, with these newer transmissions, and uh, if you go back to the 60s, we used to call automatic transmission slush box. Yes. Um, when we put an older vehicle like that in the 60s and 70s into park, it was always my understanding that a rod would go down through the transmission and lock the transmission. Is that correct or am I wrong? Well, we are going to lock the transmission when it's in park, providing that the shifter linkage is firmly attached to the shifter, uh, the shaft that comes out of the transmission, and that the parking pawl and all of its stuff is still attached and working appropriately. And the parking pawl is that part that kind of ratchets if you try to put it in park when you're still doing a mile an hour. There's that da 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 so, but you are right, no matter whether it's new or old, when you put it in park, that vehicle should not move in spite of the fact that, it, that you know, it's on a 45% incline, decline or incline, I should say. So a rod, even in a newer vehicle, still goes down through the transmission and locks it. Well, no, I don't agree that there's some kind of a rod that locks the transmission. The shift shifter is going to put it where there's a variety of things that happen that lock the front and the back. So we have to lock the front and we have to lock the back. The back keeps the tires from moving and the front keeps the engine and it puts the transmission in neutral so the engine can start and run but it doesn't it's not affected the back wheels. So as you put it in drive then we send power to the back wheels. So you're you're there's no rod that breaks it. It's we're going to divide the transmission in half and half of it's going to be attached to the engine and half of it's going to be attached to the rear wheels or the front wheels depending on if it's it's front wheel drive. All right. Second so. question. I'm I'm on 17. This is hypothetical. Okay. And uh, there's a terrible accident, and there's a two-hour backup, and it's 110 degrees up. Okay. I, uh, so is it bad for the vehicle to sit there with the AC on idling for a length of time? No, as long as you, I mean, I think that you should watch your temperature gauge, and if it gets over three-quarters, I think you should bring the RPMs up to about 1,200, 1,300. That'll cool the, the engine down. And I think that you should have maximum. You should go maximum, which is recirculatory in the car. It All doesn't right. do any good to suck outside air because it's 110. So what sense would that make? So maximum recirculation. Keep your fan on high. Even if you get a little cold, drop your window down. We want to keep the cabin cool. Watch your temperature gauge. And if you have to sit there for an hour or two hours, then 
your car should be capable of doing it, unless, of course, it's a Ford, and I'm not quite sure about those. <laughs> well, I guess telling you that I know that they used to call them slush boxes gives you an idea how old I am. No, you're right. I don't hear that term anymore. Well, a slush box, instead of with a four-speed, you went, it was a quick shift, like snapping a carrot, boom. A slush box went, you know that's what that's where it came from. That was what oh, a slush box. Okay. The the four speeds and the and uh, they would shift with the snap of a carrot. And the slush boxes they didn't do that that good. But the ones of today do that. If you throttle them up hard enough, they'll bark the tires on you. So it's different today. But thank you, Roger. Thank you very yes. much. All righty, Ken, you're up next. How can I help you, Ken? Uh, I Mark, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, yeah. The uh, we have a 014 Explorer. The right backup light is out, and the manual indicates that you just remove a couple of bolts or nuts, uh, and the tail light comes out, and you can have access to them. However, it's got those little plastic caps on uh-huh. uh, to get at them, and I don't want to go digging them out of there. Uh, what's the way to get those plastic caps out without damaging? Well, most of the time we'll use like a sturdy knife. Um, we're not going to use anything that's real thick. We we typically use, they, they make a, a lot of them door panels as well. Right. Um, and there's plastic, they're called panel removers. And I know that, uh-huh. they, have, I know that they have a set of four of them at like at Harbor Freight. Um, that's what we typically use, something plastic that will that will let us leverage underneath those and pop them up without damaging them. And, and he brings up a good point. I want you to think about a set of flat tweezers, and you're going to slide them under both sides of those little plastic, and then you're just going to pop them up. Now, if you were to take two butter knives and put them side by side and put them underneath that, and then if you had about an inch of the butter knife past the button and you lift it up on the handles, that would probably pop that little plug out for you nicely. Now, when you put it back in, it it, it would be okay if you just dabbed a little grease on it or just a drop of engine oil on it or some silicone because it'll make it easier for the next guy to get him out. Okay. I have Harbor Freight that's just down the road. Should I... I know you gave me alternatives, but should I go down and get that tool or just a it's, distance It's way? kind of a, it's, it looks like a fork, but it's not like the fork you eat with because it's a V, and it's very flat, and the mouth on it has got to be a quarter of an inch or more wide. Yeah, it starts about a quarter of an inch, and then it like V's down to where they touch. Right, and, and so you're going to just slide that underneath there, and then the, the end of it's going to have a, about a 45-degree angle yep. on it, so you're going to rock the handle down, and poof, it's going to pop those right out. And and, okay. and like I said, they come in a set of four. Uh, there's a lot of other uses for them as well, but they're but they're called panel, panel retainer removers or panel removers. Um. Yeah. Go. I, I would go get you a set of those. Okay. Good advice. Right. Thank right. you very much. You bet you can. Thank you very much. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. You know, folks. Those of you that come in at eleven, we're here at ten o'clock in the morning. Um, we're here and live, and so. It's it's a little slow at 10 o'clock, but people say, oh, I listen to your show, and, and I really enjoy it. And I say, well, you know, what hour do you check in on? And they go, 
and uh, they said, well, I usually check in when you start the show at 11. So um, we, we just gently remind everybody that we're here for two hours from 10 to 12, and uh, and you can usually get in a lot easier the first hour than the second hour. Randy, good morning to you. How can I help you? Yes, Mark, I have a uh, Ford F-250 7.3 with 244,000 miles on it. The uh, com- AC compressor let go. So I'm going to rebuild the AC system, and I'm going to replace the uh, accumulator, the orifice tube, flush the manifold. i got a question on, is it all right to flush the condenser? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to want to put a, put a, you're going to have to disconnect both ends, as you well imagine, and um, you're going to have to put a rag over one side and use some compressed air at about 40 or 50 pounds, not much, and, and then you put a rag over the other end, and you want to see what comes out. And if there's a bunch of trash comes out and it's all black tar, then you really ought to replace the condenser. Now, we okay. use nitrogen, and we know that the condenser is capable of three or 400 pounds, but you're not going to find that anywhere from an air compressor. So we use nitrogen because nitrogen doesn't create water, and we blow out condensers and evaporators with that. If you're going to take the compressor off and do all the work you're talking about, then blow everything out. But I like yes, the so idea you're going to do. Yeah, orifice tube accumulator and make sure you follow the direction on the accumulator because they're going to want you to put an ounce or two of refrigerant oil in the accumulator because the old one had some refrigerant oil. Yes, I did that two years ago when one of the manifold lines had okay. a leak in it, so I replaced the accumulator, put the oil in it, and now the compressor uh, did not. Has uh, gone to Ford Heaven. We, yeah, we say con. Another thing you're going to do, if you're going to blow out the accumulator or the uh, com- condenser and the evaporator, you've got to add, add a little ounce of oil to each one of those because you're going to blow a lot of the oil out. Right. So we need, and that's an R12 system, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, because 12 needs to circulate that. No, it's that. 134. It's oh, 134. Then it may not be nearly as important. And, and, and one last thing. Make sure you read the directions on the compressor because it's going to tell you a process, how you drain the old one and you measure the old one in ounces, and then it tells you based on what the old one has, this is how much to put the new in the new one. Now, the new one may come with six ounces, but by the time you do the formula, it only wants three ounces in there. You have to drain three ounces out. If you don't, then you've oversaturated the system with oil, and you're going to pay a big price because you're going to work on that system for the rest of your life. So yeah, make sure you follow the directions on the compressor with respect to how much oil you drain out of the old one and that'll tell you how much you put in the new one. Okay? All right. I have another one quick question. Okay. Went to went to emissions the other day on for my truck, and I have stage two injectors and a chip. And the guy goes, "Hey, do you have a chip on this?" And I told him, "No, I don't, but I I do <laughs> because I can't. My truck doesn't run without a chip with stage two injectors. Okay. It, it will run. It's run really rough." Have you heard of this coming down the emissions? Are they going to make us uh, hide the chips and stuff like that? As long as your opacity, and that's the burnt carbon coming out of the tailpipe, is within standards, then nothing else matters. And but no check engine lights. Remove, yeah. I don't have any of that, but will they tell me to take the chip out? Are they ever going to come and look at the PCM, see the slot, no, no, put the no. chip in it? All they're concerned about is what comes out of the tailpipe. How you got yeah. there is your business. So today, today, they're only concerned without the tailpipe, and it's been that way since the early 70s. What comes out of the tailpipe? Alan's right, though. The check engine light is important. The 99% of people They don't even look at that. I know. They don't even... Did they plug in underneath your dash? No. They don't plug in on a 2001. Okay, so you're home free. 
99% okay. of those people couldn't find your PCM if I gave them 500 bucks. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you about that. As a matter of fact, after the break, I got a good story about that. All right, we got to take a break. They're already mad at me. Um, if Randy, uh, is it Randy? Randy, if stay there if you have any more questions. We'll be back right after this. America is no accident. The American miracle rang loudly as President Trump took office. We start promise for all of our people. Ask Michael Medved. This was an act of providence. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. You'll get that chance as best-selling author and 960 The Patriot host Michael Medved comes to Phoenix March 29th for an exclusive private dinner event. Enjoy gourmet food, drinks, and pictures all provided while Michael speaks on the new Trump era and his new book, The American Miracle. Join Michael for this one-of-a-kind event with limited ticket availability March 29th at 6 p.m. Go to 960thepatriot.com for tickets and event information. A one-of-a-kind event you won't find anywhere else. One night only. The American Miracle. It's going to be only America first. 960thepatriot.com Okay, so just type the job website address here. That's it. Then you enter what job you're looking for there. Electrician. This is Peter. Recently, he got help going on the internet for the first time to look for a new job. Okay, then you just hit search and... In the past, Peter's gotten work through people he knew, but he heard there were more jobs online. There we go. These are all for me? Uh-huh. Really? He had no idea just how many. I can't believe it. This one looks good. Peter's thinking the internet might be for him after all. And this is just one website. Wow. Why didn't I do this sooner? See what the internet can help you do at everyoneon.org or call 1-855-387-9166 to find a free training class near you. Brought to you by Connect to Compete and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. I've got my uh, grandson, Mark Jr. here. Um, and he's, uh, I'm teaching him how to run the board, and he's doing a really good job. How old are you? Hold on a minute. Let me turn on your mic. How old are you? Nine. Oh, that's the wrong one. How about this one? How old Nine. Are you? Nine. Are you getting this down? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, at least you know what you turn off during the breaks. Yeah, You know, you know why you turn those off? Yeah. Because they can't hear us using bad words. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so we don't get in any trouble. So yep. that's why we turn off the speakers, and we turn off the two microphones. And then Gil wants to talk to us. We can hear him talk to the speakers. Yes, we That's can. what happens. So I've been doing this a long time. And you know how many times I've been called to the principal's office? Oh, man, I can't even imagine. That's exactly right. That's the answer. <laughs> you can't even imagine. This portion of Vinyl is brought to you by Kurt's Auto Repair. We're going to be at Kurt's April 1st. He's going to be celebrating 30 years. So that's Saturday, April 1st from 10 to 12. We're going to do a live remote, and we're going to have an open house at Kurt's. You can meet Kurt's staff. You can see their facility. They're not working that day. But it's just a big party, and you're welcome to stop by. I'll be there, and there's a good chance I'll be there for a couple hours after the show answering questions, and I don't mind a bit. So that's Kurtz Automotive, I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. Okay, Randy was done, and we were talking about (laughs) what you said, and let me clean up what you said. 
is the most of the people at the emission stations are simply not qualified to find the PCM. Yeah. If they were qualified to find the PCM, then if you and I looked at someone's PCM, looked at it, touched it, we would be incapable of knowing whether that software has been changed. Yeah, so quick quick story. I have a really good customer. He comes in um, a week before last, and, he, and he's got a Jeep. It's a 2008 Jeep, and it's been, um, it's, they've had a Hemi installed. Heavily modified. No, 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 this isn't his. Okay. This is a different customer. Okay. And Rogue customer, long time. He comes in and he is just panicked. His face is white and he's panicked. Now, his Jeep, there, it, it has true, it has a Hemi in it, but it also has all of the legal requirements to be met to pass emissions. Okay. It's passed emissions since 2008 when this thing was installed. Okay. He goes down to the emission station and it fails. Okay. They, the, the, the kid there, the quote-unquote three-whiskered kid says, oh, man, this thing's got a V8 in it. That's completely illegal. You're going to have to you know, take that out. This thing will never pass in emissions. This and that. They send him down to the Jefferson Street address. Right. The main, the, he walks in, and he talks to a, uh, a manager. Oh, this thing, aftermarket engine, aftermarket programming, you're tricking the thing. You're, you're lying to it. You're, you're, you're lying. You're stealing. You're cheating. You're this and that. Scares him, give him, gives him a letter from the federal government stating that yeah. this can't be done. Well, wait a minute. This has been passed emissions since 2008. Well, what's the difference? Oh, er- everything's new this year. Everything's new. He comes into me and he says, what are we going to do? And I says, okay, well, what happened? I look at his sheet. The check engine light's on. Okay. I said, we need to check this out and then fix it. Fix it. Because that's why he failed, not the that's tailpipes. That's why he failed. He, he well, we need to, you know, how much is it going to be to put it? I said, whoa, you're getting way ahead of yourself. Eddie finds out that um, he had recently had a transmission replaced. They let the wires on um, on the O2 sensors hit the exhaust, shorten out the, the Mel- O2 Melton. sensor. Okay. So we replace it. We reset the monitors. I put Luis in the thing. I send him down there. He he drives up. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Luis? Here's your pass sheet. Have a nice day. <laughs> But the issue was the big, well, first of all, this Jeep came with a little bitty motor and yeah. somebody put in a giant, big uh, mountain moving motor. Yeah, but, but 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 all legally. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I'm drawing the picture right, right, for, right. for our radio listeners. So we took this little four-cylinder out. We put this monster Hemi motor in there. We put all kinds of headers and exhaust and all this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is they were telling him it wouldn't pass because of all the modifications. Right. When in reality, it was because of the check engine light. That's right. So the check engine light was reporting that the computer didn't like it because it lost sight of the two O2 sensors. Right. So once you fix the wiring to the O2 sensors, then the O2 sensors are talking to the computer. The computer no longer turns on the check engine light. Therefore, he passes without any tailpipe test. Correct. They pull in. They plug in into the car. They see that there's no codes, and they just pass your butt out of there. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm glad we got that squared away. Let's go to the phones. Robert, you're first. How can we help you? Thank you, Mark. Always enjoy your program. Thank you. Uh, a 2003 Dodge uh, Caravan with about 120,000 miles on it. Okay. And uh, it will not start on the first time. It'll crank and crank, turn the, let it go, turn the key off, hit it the second time, it takes off. Okay. It'll start the second time every time, but never on the first time. Okay, I'll fix it for you. Fix it. If I fix it for you, then the next time the plate passes you at church, you'll double it, your your uh, your tithe, right? 
I promise. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn the key on. Okay. And I want you to count to five and turn it off. No cranking, just on. Okay. And then second time, you'll hit the key, boom, starts right up. I don't want any cranking the first time. I just want the key on for five seconds, and here's what's the matter with it. You have three places you can lose fuel pressure overnight. We have a check valve in the tank, which is part of the fuel pump, and we have a fuel pressure regulator that can cause it to lose pressure, and we have a leaking injector that can cause it to lose pressure. So what's going on in your world is, is when you hit the key, the, the time that you crank it is not enough time because if the computer's going to turn on the fuel pump, and the fuel pump's starting from zero, so it has to go from zero to 40. Otherwise, if everything was okay, the computer, the fuel pump would already have 40 in it after sitting all night long. So it doesn't have to do nothing. So the first time you're cranking it, you're bringing it from zero to 40. The second time, it starts up. So the guy has to figure out if the fuel pump, the fuel pump and the check valve is allowing the pressure to bleed back into the tank. He has to check the fuel pressure regulator, which is really easy. And then he's going to say to you, I need to know when you start this up first thing in the morning if there's any black puffs of smoke coming out of the tailpipe. That'll tell him that you've got a leaking injector. Now, at 120,000 miles, have you ever put a pump on that? No. Okay. I'll bet you a dollar against five <laughs> that that's what it's going to be. <laughs> fuel pump? Yeah, fuel pump. Part of the check valve is inside the fuel pump. So when the check valve doesn't seal, then you lose pressure overnight. Okay. So I think if you that do my sense. test, and if you go to your shop and say, this is what I did, and if I do this, I hold it, I just turn the key on, and I take my hand off of it, and I count to five, and I turn it off, and the second time I hit it, it starts. If they don't, I'm telling you, if you tell them that, you just saved yourself 100 bucks worth of diagnostic time. I'll put it in the hat. Let's All right. Put it in the plate. If Thank you, Mark. If it works, yep. Okay, yep. Kurt and Mark, you stay right here because I'm up against some time, and I'm going to take you the next. Um, Kurt, I can get your question real quick. Let's do that. Kurt, how can I help you? Yeah, I've got a uh, torn CV boot on the left front. Yes, sir. And I was wondering if they say they got to take the whole axle off to replace that. Is it worthwhile to just have the right one replaced as well since oh. it's all right. You know, uh, 14 years old, old vehicle. and Okay, uh, now are you talking about now. replacing both axles or both boots on the same axle? Or are you thinking about the outer boot on the left and the outer boot on the right? Uh, the outer boot. Okay. All right. You stay right there because I have an answer. I just need a little bit more clarification. So we, when we come back, you'll be my first guy. And then, Mark, if you stay there, you'll be my second guy. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Benz. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. 
Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's Workshop, call 1-800-551-8400. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals Guide. That's 1-800-551-8400. That's 1-800-551-8400. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair? instead of at the job fair. If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. If you listen to this radio station for 24 hours straight, you'd hear about a quarter of a million words, and thousands of those words every day come from listeners like you. No one values your opinion more than we do. And when you support our advertisers, you turn words into actions. We know you're not always going to agree with us, but we wouldn't be here without you. So we thank you for listening and supporting our advertisers. 960 The Patriot, a Salem Media Group station. Patriot app tip number seven. Not only is the app the best place to listen to your favorite Patriot shows and podcasts, but look out for special contests, giveaways, and even scratch games right at your fingertips. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Got an iPhone, BlackBerry, or smartphone? Download the Patriot app for your phone. Just go to your app store or log on to 960thepatriot.com today. All about that theme and automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels and results of the dream of Welcome back, everybody. We're going to do what we said. We're going to go straight to the phones. We're going to get with Kurt. Kurt, let me get this straight. We've got an outside boot on the driver's side or the passenger side? Well, let me let me clarify. It's a, it's a 2003 Toyota 4Runner, 190,000 miles, obviously four-wheel drive, full-time. Um they're they're saying they have to take the the drive axle shaft off in order to replace the boot. I, I'm not sure. I haven't had had a chance to look at it yet. Whether it's the inside or outside boot. Okay. Well, I can tell you that we replace outside boots, outside boots over the CV joint, which is all it does is keep the grease against the joint. That's all it is. It's there to keep the grease and and lubricate the joint. And it's true that we have to pull the drive axle out to do that. 
So, but I want to tell you something. The, we can do two or three outside boots before we do an inside boot on most cars because the outside boot has to turn left and right and go up and down where the inside boot basically has just an up and down motion and it's very small compared to the outside boot and it has absolutely no left turn, right turn. Um, mm -hmm. What's that word I'm looking for? Extension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll, t I'll tell you that 90% of the boot, torn boots that we're doing, we're actually, we found out that it's actually cheaper and easier to replace the entire axle. I, I was. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. It and I and I, I believe that that what he just said is exactly what our thought process is. We can usually buy a rebuilt axle that has two brand new boots on it for less money than the boot and the labor to beat the axle apart, clean the joint, put a new boot on it, pack the joint, then band it, then reinstall it. So there. There is two different labors. Labor, pull it out and put the new one in. Okay, that's X amount of dollars. It's usually $100, $125 to yank an axle, somewhere around there. It right. could be less. Or you pull it out, you rebuild that whole joint, and then put it back in. So I, I'm telling you, you should explore that. I don't like the idea that someone's telling you that we should do the inner boot because those of us that have been around a while with gray hair, we know that the inner boot can last two or three or four times the outer boot. So how many outer boots have you had on this side? Have you ever done one in 100 and what, 90,000? No, I've never done any. Okay, so here's the deal. You've gone straight for a long period of time. Right. And it's kind of like a knee joint. If you go, if you just sit down in the chair and you lift your knee and drop your knee and, and lift and drop your leg, that, that boot is just that. That's all the inside boot does it. But your ankle goes into a 300-degree cir circle, and that's what the outer boot does. Mm -hmm. So in your particular case, my suggestion is, is I want a number for a rebuilt axle installed. Thank you very much. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. so, so would it, but if I... Should I go ahead, if, let's say that the outer boot needs replaced, should I go ahead and replace the outer boot on the right side as well because it's 13, 14 years old, there's probably some signs of dry rot or, no, or whatever? I would squeeze it and look at it. And the boot has bellows, and the bellows has a 180-degree turn on them. Actually, it's mm -hmm. more than 180. It's a U-shaped. So if you pinch the, the bellow and it's weather cracked, then the answer is yes. But there is no benefit because there's no duplication of labor. We're going to pull one side out and either replace it or replace the boot. But to do the other side costs you twice as much money. Okay. So there's no duplication of labor here. Okay. Two separate things. All right. Plus, plus you'll, yeah. know, you'll know when it goes bad because it's going gonna, it's gonna to start slinging grease everywhere. So it's you know it's real easy to tell. I, yeah. I, me personally, I wouldn't replace it until there's grease everywhere, and then at that point, I'd do it. Okay. And you'll see the grease on the ground in your driveway too. All righty. Uh, I haven't seen that, but it is on the inside. Okay. Of the engineer. All righty. Well, good luck to you. Thank you very much, Mark. You're up next. How can I help you, Mark? Oh, yes, I have a 2003 Camry. Check engine light on, and the secondary converter has a pinhole in it. Is that my problem, most likely? Well, what's the code say? I haven't had it looked at yet. Okay. Well, the cattle, your, your O3 can. We oftentimes put O2 sensors in front and behind the catalytic converter, 
and we're looking for differences in readings because the front side is a little heavy with fuel and the back side should be clean. Sometimes we put a pressure sensor in front and behind the catalytic converter. And so I'm going to ask you this question. If the back, if the front shows tremendous pressure and the back one shows a whisper, what does that tell the computer? Yeah, that's clogged. Bingo. See, this is why we charge you $125 an hour labor. Yeah, you're saying the secondary converter, you can actually see it leak. Okay, but okay. If we, I don't think you have pressure sensors. Okay. I don't think you have pressure sensors. So the question, the answer to your question is I don't know the answer. Okay. I would have to know what the code is, and it's not likely that a leak in the catalytic converter is going to cause something unless there's something screwed into the tailpipe behind the converter with a wire on it. Okay. Because if we don't, if we're not monitoring what's coming out of the catalytic converter, there's no way the computer can know whether it's got a leak or whether it's got the whole back end blown off of it. Okay. So your 2003 is too doggone old to have all the pre and post sensors on a catalytic converter. I've yeah, I know wrong. it had the small converter, then the secondary one after that, but yeah, and and I'm I'm not quite sure. Are you sure that you have two cats on that? Yeah. It's got a really small one at right at the beginning of the engine and the Have you got the V six Camry? We lost him. We lost him. Okay, well, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused about two cats on it. Some of them have it built in the manifold now. I know, but then why would there be a secondary? Well, it, if it's a six, it's going to wide pipe into one. I, I don't know. Okay, because usually if they're on the manifold, then we've got one on the left and one on the right, and then we go into the muffler or the resonator, and then we go out the back. Yeah. So I'm a little confused about but nevertheless, it's okay. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the lines are wide open, so now's the time. If you have a car question, jump on the line, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Litchfield Auto Repair would like to remind everyone listening, this St. Patrick's Day, make sure you and your family have a safe and sober way home. And please, never drink and drive. Brought to you by Litchfield Auto Repair, located at 671 North 137th Avenue in Goodyear. For all your auto repairs, call 623-882-8700 or visit online at litchfieldauto.com. They're on the air because they care. That's Litchfield Auto Repair, wishing you and your family a safe and happy St. Patrick's Day. And German Roofing reminds everyone, make a point to teach and inform your children about the ugly effects of drug and alcohol abuse. Let's all pitch in this school year to help strengthen and support the kids in our community. Brought to you by German Roofing, serving Mesa and surrounding communities. Your roofing specialist with over 15 years experience and super service award winner for five years. To learn more about residential and commercial roofing services, visit online at GermanRoofingAZ.com or call 480-370-0300. That's German Roofing, urging you to do your Part this school year by getting involved. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. Summer isn't fun when you're hungry. If only I had a big test today. Or a book report to give. Give me a math quiz. Give me some homework. If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer. I'll stay after class. I'll clean the chalkboard. I'll keep my desk grill clean. So they can stop worrying about food and start focusing on fun. I'll do extra homework. I'll clean the class pet's cage. I'll skip recess. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. School might end, but free lunches don't have to. Find your local Feeding America food bank for help. Together, 
We're feeding America. Contact St. Mary's Food Bank Alliance at 602-242-FOOD. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, yeah, some, I guess you know it's sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number one. Not only is the Patriot app great for streaming our live programs, you can access all Patriot podcasts. Click on the upper left-hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. Mark Salem, Alan Salem, and actually young Mark Salem is sitting here next to me. You want to say hello to everybody? Wait a minute. Let me push your button on. All right. Say hello to everybody. Hello. What school do you go to? Tarwater Elementary. Tarwater Elementary. Yes. Any any uh, any girlfriends yet? No. Okay, good. That's, good. that's a good answer. Your dad and I, that's exactly the answer we want. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by IMM Auto Service. IMM has been around since 1972. They're in the northeast corner of Tempe, just south of the 202, just west of the 101. Why is IMM a shop that I know about? It's because they've bailed me out on the really tough cars like Saab, Fiat, and the Alfa Romeo and Volvo. Anybody can do oil changes and brake jobs and tire rotations on those cars. Anybody can do cooling system repair, but it takes a special kind of equipment and a special tech to diagnose really tough problems when it comes to Volvo, Saab, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo, and that's what they do. But anything in your garage, Chevy, Ford, Chrysler, Honda, Toyota, they do that work as well. So if you have one of those really special cars, Volvo, Saab, Fiat, or Alfa Romeo, and any of the rest of them, IMM can take care of everything in your garage, where that isn't the case on most other shops if you have one of those strange cars in your garage. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's start with Rich. Rich, good morning. How can we help you? Good morning. Uh, I've got a 1997 Honda Accord, and I'm going to be replacing the strut coil spring assembly. Yes. And also uh, the control arm bushing and ball joint assembly. Okay. Uh, What I want to do is I want to do one side at a time. So... Should, which one should I remove first, and then how do I replace them? Which one first, which one second? Well, you're going to need special tools, okay. and um, so you're going to raise the front end off the ground, and you're going to take the tire and wheel off, and it doesn't really make any difference which side you want to start on, drivers or passenger, it doesn't make any difference. Uh-huh. Um, I would certainly put the car in a position where you can tow it out of there with the uh, front suspension off of it just in case you get stuck. So oh. <laughs> you, you might want to back it into your garage just right. in case. Uh-huh. So on the right side, take the tire and wheel off, and then you have to have a spring compressor 
So you'll put the spring compressor and compress the spring. That'll leave the whole assembly loose. Okay, so, hold on, hold on. I, 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 looked, I looked online, and I don't, want to, I don't want to compress the spring. I want to take the whole thing out as a unit because I'm replacing it. The, the strut and the coil spring assembly came together. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I I hope that you don't have to compress the spring after you put the lower control arm in because the distance might be far greater than actually what you have or actually less than what you have. The spring and the new strut may very well be longer than the old strut. So if you try to get it in there, then if you can't, then you're going to have to have a spring compressor to bring a couple of those coils together to make it fit before you can secure it. But on the lower control arms, you're going to have to know what you're doing to get those lower control arms off. Um, you can unbolt everything, and, and you, are you going to replace the entire lower control arm, or are you just going to do the bushings? No, it came, uh, it came with the control arm bushing and bone joint assembly all connected together. Okay. Why are you doing this? Well, because I don't want to pay $1,000 when I, can, I bought the parts for about 250 Okay, but why are you doing this? Does somebody tell you oh, you oh, need oh, this? I, oh, no, no. Uh, I've got uh, 200,000 miles in the car, and when I hit a bump, it certainly sounds like it's bottoming out. Okay. And I look underneath, and I can see that the bushing on the control arm is smashed. I mean, it's gone. Okay. If that's the case, then if you come to a slow, abrupt stop, the control arm um, and when you apply the brakes, then the control arm moves, and then when you take off kind of hard, the control arm moves. So those are the typical um, symptoms when you have a lower control arm bushing bad because this triangle gets to move forward and backward, which puts pressure on the two pivot points. Gotcha. Okay, so that's what you need to do first is go drive this thing and have somebody diagnose it as, an, as a lower control arm bushing. Otherwise, yep. you're just wasting your time. Of course, you got the parts already. But this isn't going to be easy on a one, Alan, on a one to ten scale. Uh -huh. Yeah, this can be difficult. This can be probably a seven. Okay. okay. And then, then there's, d depending on where you're at, you're going to need alignment afterwards. Right. And, um, and, and I just fear that you're going to have a tough time getting a brand new lower control arm with brand new bushings into the cradle, into the mounts. And I'm also kind of scared that you're going to have to take the entire. Uh, a mounting piece off of the, the, the strut tower, which is going to throw all the alignment off as well. So after you get it done, if you get it done, you're going to have to take it for an alignment. It's not like you can do a wait a week. You're going to have to take it to alignment relatively quickly. Gotcha. All righty. Okay. It's the best I got to offer you. Good luck, Rich. I'm, 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 I'm at, I admire you for taking this on. Why don't you call us back and tell us how you did someday? I'll do that. Okay. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. Alan, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, I am a uh, Ford F-250 2003 Super Duty. I have all my running lights are out. Only my headlights don't come on. My flashes will, but my coaster dashboard is all out, too and all. I check the fuse and the switch, and everything needs to be fine. Okay, well, the only place that you, you, you're, I think you're missing a fuse. 
because there is a fuse for the dash lights and the running lights. And the reason why they put the two of them together is, is when you're driving down the road and you lose your dash lights virtually on every car I've ever seen, then you've lost the taillights. And that's the way the car tells you you've lost your taillights. It takes your dash lights with it. So what you need to get is a little 12-volt test light and ground the clip, turn the key on, start the car up, pull the headlights, and then you know how the back of the fuse has those two little metal tangs on it? So yeah. every single fuse, you touch left, touch right, the light should light, 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 light on every fuse. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, or not if you light get, on both sides. It'll light on both sides. Or not light on both sides if it's not being active. No. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You got three pot. Thank you. Yeah. So if it doesn't light on both sides, we don't have that circuit on. Right. If it lights on one side and not the other, then the fuse is blown. And if it lights on both sides, the fuse is fine. Yeah. So that's how it works. All righty? Okay. So, so I must have missed the fuse when I was checking out. Yeah, and you're going to need to look at your owner's manual because that Ford can have two or three different panels in it. It can have one in the kick panel in the right, one in the kick panel on the left, and I've seen Ford put, you know, fuse panels inside the glove box and underneath the hood as well. So look in your owner's manual and find out where all the fuse uh, panels are at. That's right, because I mentioned about one in the passenger panel, and I thought, well, I saw underneath the dash here, but no, this probably one over there too. Then. Yeah, no, you're going to have to find the fuse, but if you lost your dash in your in your running lights or your park lights, you're that you've got a fuse bad. Now you could still have something that's going to pop the fuse. So if you got a 15 and it popped a 15, putting a 30 isn't going to fix it. You still have to track down the short. And if you put yeah. any trailer stuff on it lately, the short's probably going to be in the trailer harness, the trailer receptacle, the trailer connection. That's the most likely place you'll find it. Ah, no, okay, I know, all right, yeah. Okay. All righty, well, good luck to you. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. You betcha. Running lights. I got to put that down so I know what he was talking about. We talked about Larry Harker's Auto, and the reason why Larry Harker's Auto is a great place for this reason. He's really good at diagnosis. Bob at Larry Harker's is one of those guys that you can say to him, you know, nobody else in the world can fix this. I've been around the world a couple of times, and nobody's fixed it. And I heard the other day that Mark Salem said that you could fix anything, and so that's why I'm here. That's kind of what we call waving the red flag in front of the bull, and that usually works. Now, sometimes it doesn't work, but for Bob, it does. He's really got the tenacity and the knowledge to track things down. He has pulled miracles numerous times for customers I've sent to him. He's at 38th Avenue in Indian School, by the way. He's just a good guy, and he knows what he's talking about. So if you have a problem and you're looking for a good diagnostician, then Harker's Automotive, 38th Avenue Avenue in Indian School, is certainly a place that you should try. Tony, good morning to you. How can I help you? Hey, thank you, Mark. Uh, I want to ask a question. It's not about my vehicle as much as what I've seen, you know, traveling uh, north on the 101 at high speeds uh, and even on YouTube. Uh-huh. These are like full-size trucks that are four-wheel drive, you know, anywhere from half ton to one ton uh, that have placed, you know, larger wheels and tires. And once they get up to speed, they hit a bump, the whole front end just starts shaking crazy back and forth. I think the term is called death wobble. And I, you know, was wondering, you know, if you can discuss and explain what causes this and and why and and what a person can do to fix this or prevent it? Well, everybody calls it the death wobble, but there is a difference between a wobble and a death wobble. 
a lot of people have wobbles, and they all everybody calls it a death wobble, but there's a significant difference. However, you have to think about this. The two front tires are towed out, kind of a duck walk thing. Mm-hmm. And when you get going fast enough, one of them wants to point straight ahead, and the other doesn't. So you got one at 12 o'clock and one at 1 o'clock. So what they do is they take turns, and so they flip left, right, left, right, which causes the steering wheel to move. A death wobble you cannot control. It's there, and there's nothing you can do about it. This kind of a wobble you can control one of two ways. You can apply the brakes and slow down, and that almost always will stop the wobble. But a death wobble, it'll keep going for a long time, and there's really nothing you can do once that front end. Now, any looseness in the front end can cause a death wobble. So tie rod ends, um, upper ball joints, lower ball joints, uh, lower control arms. it, It only happens on straight axle pickups, so your Ford and your Dodges. Um, Dodge pretty much got a handle on it uh, in 2008. Um, prior to that, they had a ton of issues, and o- older Fords as well. And the and the Dodges, it was the upper bushings in the track track bar, and that would uh, let the, the whole... steering. The steering. They upgraded the steering in 07. Okay, but there was still a track bar issue, which is, comes from the frame down to the differential. And when those track bar bushings went out, then the front end would slide side to side. Yeah. Um, although, yeah. The, the updated steering is what we use to fix everything. Okay. So the answer, Tony, is is that, yes, what you're talking about, but we have plenty of trucks we've built and plenty of customers with big tires and wheels that don't have that problem. Yes. Many of those lift kits were put in or installed in somebody's garage or in somebody's barn, and they don't have the technology to know that they're installing a bad tie rod end or a bad truck bar bushing or a bad steering component. So or that not setting the alignment up correctly. Yeah. Alignment that, has no. to do with it. Now, after cleaning all those parts up, like you talked about, you know, the tie rod ends, you know, et cetera, et cetera, it, does it help to put, you know, steering stabilizers on there? No, it's not going to fix any kind of a wobble, whether it's a death wobble or a regular wobble. A steering stabilizer is not going to do that. The steering stabilizer is just going to give you a nicer feel of the steering as you go down the road. Yeah, I get that a lot. Oh, I, I just need to replace my steering stabilizer. No, we need to figure out what is causing the death wobble. The steering stabilizer has nothing to do with it. All right, Tony, i got to run, though. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank you for bringing that up because it is a good point. Automatic Transmission exchanges in Phoenix. He's been at 40th Street in Washington since 1968. Phil and his staff are not necessarily transmission dummies. They've been doing transmission diagnosis and repair for a very long time, 1968. So if you live in Phoenix and you need somebody to drive your car, Phil's open on Saturday for the first half of the day. And that's the time you can stop by, take a seasoned tech with you, take a ride, and be prepared to demonstrate the problem. That's what they need. Then they're going to want to drive, and they're going to run it through some tests. They're going to manually shift it. They're going to go hard. They're going to go soft. They're going to feather the throttle. And they should be able to get pretty close in their diagnosis by them driving after you show them how to make it happen. So Automatic Transmission Exchange is on our list. They do good work, and they're at 40th Street in Washington. Folks, my email address is mark at marksalem.com. You're welcome to send me an email anytime you want. If you'll give me a phone number, I'll call you on a blocked line because I'm going to have some questions. Otherwise, you and I will spend lots of time typing emails back and forth. So just give me your phone number and be prepared for a number that says... um, blocked phone number, whatever it says. And that's typically me, and my wife won't let me give out my number because she says that that way she can have some private, we can have some private time. 
So, Mark at MarkSalem.com. Thank you, for Alan, for being here with us. Thank you, young Mark, for being here with us. And we'll see you next Saturday at 10 o'clock to noon, every Saturday right here on 960. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.